3: All right, Steeler fans, it is Friday, and that means it's time for behind enemy lines, where we go behind enemy lines to talk about the upcoming opponent. This time it's a Saturday game. That sounds really weird. Steelers Colts in Indianapolis. Last time the Colts beat the Steelers was in 2008. For those keeping score at home, and with me, I bring in two people from our Horseshoe Huddle podcast, Andrew Moore. Andrew, go ahead and introduce yourself. How's it going?
1: Hi, it's great to be here, Jeff. It's uh, it's it's going to be a very fun matchup between these two teams on Saturday. Like you said, since 2008, I think I was in uh, eighth grade. Maybe oh, the last oh, time
3: Don't say that you make me feel so damn old. I mean, 2008
1: Peyton Manning oh, was, man. was Peyton Manning was still the quarterback. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was a eighth grade, just, uh, just uh, really taking in and, uh, the full fandom of being a 13 year old, just loving watching Peyton Manning, but a uh, lot on the line on Sunday. It's going to be a fun time or Saturday. It's going to be a fun time.
3: Gosh, 2008, when they lost, my wife was pregnant with our first child, I think. This is insane. (laughs) Stop talking about this eighth grade crap, but let's bring in Drake. What's up, Drake? How are you?
2: (laughs) Oh, man, I'm uh, I'm great. And I, I'm right there with Andrew. It's going to be it's going to be a, a game that I think um, I think is riding on pretty much playoff contention. I mean, whoever wins the game is going to have a leg up. And, you know, the Colts, I think, definitely are coming off of a major, major uh, loss where you lose by 20 points, but somehow still find themselves in the seventh seed. So uh, right there with Andrew, you know, I, I think it's it's pivotal for both these teams to win and both teams are walking in with backup quarterbacks as well. So it should be really
3: interesting. Absolutely. And so the Steelers benefited greatly from the Colts losing last week to the Bengals and it kept the Steelers in that top seven uh, bracket spot, whatever you want to call it outside of the fringe. And that's where you want to be at this time of year. Let's talk about the quarterback position. Both have backup quarterbacks going into this game. Mitch Trubisky, Minshew Mania and Gardner Minshew. Minshew has been the starter, though, for the vast majority of the year have have there been any glaring weaknesses in his game that you've noticed? I mean, Anthony Richardson is an athletic freak and that's such a different offense when he's in the lineup compared to now, what do we see And Andrew? We'll start with you.
1: The biggest thing that, that I think we've noticed from Gardner Minshew this year is just, he hasn't handled pressure very well. And that's not the norm for Gardner Minshew. If you look at past seasons, you know, he he typically gets the ball out quickly. He, the pressure doesn't really affect him. He doesn't turn the ball over too much. But it's been a lot different this year. It seems like the, the pressure is, is getting to him. He seems very skittish back there in the pocket. Sometimes at some points in the game, you, he starts to see ghosts, starts to feel the pressure before it's even there. And and he certainly had a, uh, uh, his fair share of turnovers this year. So it's it's been different. But at the same time, he's been able to keep the offense afloat for, for much of the season. When Colts fans thought everything was all doom and gloom, as soon as number five went down in week five, Five, but the, the, surprisingly the Colts find themselves in the thick of the AFC playoff race. And I, I don't think many other quarterbacks uh, would have been able to be thrown into this situation and keep the team afloat. Like Gardner Minshew has done very high level backup that the Colts have had this year.
3: Now, Drake, I am going to throw it over to you. Obviously, Andrew talks about how him not dealing with pressure. This then leads me to ask a question about the offensive line and pass protection. How has that been holding up for the Colts this year? Because clearly The Steelers M.O. is going to be pressure the quarterback, and we want to force him into mistakes. They take the ball away. They have a very good differential in terms of turnovers. Uh, Drake, how's the offensive line and pass protection holding up for Indy?
2: You know, I think they've actually been I, – I think they've been fine. Uh, I think that a big issue with Gardner Minshew's pressure is that, first off, it's kind of interesting. He sees – it's almost like he just feels – he feels ghost pressure. I mean, there's there's – it's been documented. It's been seen that, like, there's times where he just feels the pocket collapsing a little sooner than what he – than what it actually is. not a great example is against the Bengals. I mean, most of the game they were rushing, like, four guys. I mean, and, and there wasn't a lot of pressure – getting to Minshew outside of Hutchinson. So um, I, I think that that along with another huge thing is Richardson can absolutely rocket the football down the field pretty much with no effort at all. And so Minshew's limitations as a downfield passer, I think Alec Pierce maybe just needed more time with Richardson, but he's, he's not able to get the ball downfield I think as much or as accurately. And I just don't think he's a big high risk quarterback either. So that's affected the offense too. But like Andrew said, Hey, He's played. He's played better than a lot of people expected. The team's playing better than a lot of people expected. And hey, you know he's he's still been able to right the ship at times.
3: And they're seven and six, so you can't really ask for much more
2: from a backup.
3: Now, Jonathan Taylor, obviously, is another big name guy. Was in the all the headlines the start of the season with the holdout. Then he gets a new contract. But the thumb—it is a thumb, correct? Like he had surgery on his thumb. Is he going to be in the lineup? I know he missed practice. On Tuesday I have not looked at the injury report yet. Uh what's the status of Jonathan Taylor coming into this weekend?
1: I don't think he's going to play. Uh I mean he he's just there he's not there quite yet. Hasn't practiced all week. The the feeling within the building it doesn't seem like he's going to go this week. And the, the biggest thing is it's it may seem weird that a, a running back is held out because of a thumb injury, but when it comes down to ball security, I mean, that's, that's crucial, you know? And, and a lot of people, when, when you first think about that, you don't, or think about a thumb injury, don't really, that doesn't really hit you until you're like, okay, now I get it. So the Colts want to make sure that Jonathan Taylor is 100% healthy before he returns, especially with, with part of the reason there was a holdout. And part of the reason they had lost some trust between the two sides, Jonathan Taylor and the Colts is because last year, jonathan taylor felt like the colts rushed him back too soon with that ankle injury and it end up and it end up becoming worse than than it was originally was so again the colts are just taking everything everything with uh, with erring on the side of caution want to make sure jonathan taylor is 100 want to make sure he can protect and handle the ball and and when you have zach moss who has performed pretty admirably this year when jonathan taylor has been out there's not really a reason to rush taylor back so the colts feel very confident Zach Moss that he can handle those running back duties uh, because he's done so well this year as that number two and and th- honestly the lead back for most of the 2023 season.
3: Yeah, and you want to keep Jonathan Taylor happy so you yes. don't want to rush him back again for the second straight year. Now, Drake, give me a player on the offensive side of the ball that the casual NFL fan is not going to know about, but could have an impact in this game. You know, I mean, you bring up some of these names, even Zach Moss, Minshew. obviously people know those people because if you just watch highlight packages, you're going to hear them talk about them. Is there any player on the offense that you're like, you might not know who this guy is, but he might be making some plays on Saturday. You know, uh, it's a guy that
2: I've become a recent, a recently a huge fan of, but always was when he got drafted. And that's Will Mallory, uh, tight end Will Mallory. He actually mm-hmm. had the most catches of any tight end in a single game against the Bengals. And that was a game where Minshew just couldn't find anybody it seemed. So um, I, I think that he's emerging as an incredibly fast option. I think that he's really fitting Shane Steichen's offense well. He's got like 120 snaps and he's second on the, on the, you know, or second out of the Colts tight ends and catches. And I mean, Granson, I think is number one. He just tripled the snaps. So I, I think that you're seeing Will Mallory maybe, a little bit more factored into this offense don't be surprised if you see at least I don't know about five catches but you're probably going to see three or four catches again uh, just because I haven't really seen much else from the rest of the tight ends. so he's, he's number 86 he's a name that I promise you outside of uh, Colts nation or the people that cover the team like me and Andrew a lot of people probably don't even know that name if I say it so yeah. uh, that's, that's something that's someone for me to watch out for
3: considering the inside linebacker issues the Steelers are having currently they're Top three, they have one, and he's banged up, and that's a, uh, Landon Roberts with a groin injury. Bill Belichick gave a blueprint. You can attack the middle of the field, put the stress on the inside linebackers, use your running back in the flat, stress those position players, and Mallory might be a name the Steeler fans hear a little too much than they would like. That's a good name. I like that, Drake. Andrew, let's go back to you. I want to talk about the defense. The, the Colts are the team, and organizationally speaking, you go back to 2008, those great Colt teams with Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne. No one really talked about the defense that much. And they had a great defense with Wright Freeney and all those tremendous Bob Sanders back in the back half. They had really good players, but it just was always about the offense. It was always about the offense. I feel like the Colts defense this year, while every defense has their weaknesses, is a pretty good unit that's not getting discussed. What are the things they do? They do really, really well this year.
2: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking
0: requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE.
1: One of the things that I think has been maybe surprising, a lot of people didn't expect this out of their group, is they rushed the passer pretty well. Uh, I I say that coming off performance against the Cincinnati Bengals where they failed to get much pressure uh, on Jake Browning, but the Colts with four games remaining are only four sacks away from breaking the franchise record for sacks in a season. They have 42 this year in the top five in the NFL. The franchise record is 46, and that's with... Dwight Freeney and Robert Mathis yeah. absolutely dominating opposing offensive lines. So it's it's Ben Samson Ebucom, the the free agent signing from the 49ers, who has doubled his his career, uh doubled his career high in sacks. He has eight. Quitty Pay starting to make that that year three leap, seven and a half sacks. You're always going to talk about DeForest Buckner, one of the who I think is very still still very underrated in terms of top defensive tackles you talk about the guys like Aaron Donald Chris Jones uh Cam Hayward who I think is is also goes in that category being underrated course, Buckner's right there with those guys and then Dio Dangbo six and a half sacks another third year pass rusher so you don't have a a TJ Watt who's got like 14 15 sacks but you have they do a really good job of of rushing the passer as a unit and getting consistent pressure on the quarterback and a lot of times they do that with just four guys because Bradley. does not like to blitz very often. Nate Ollie, defensive line coach, has done a really good job with these guys uh, in that attacking front. So they love to get after the quarterback. And and with such a young secondary that the Colts have, that's crucial to their success because you don't want to leave those young cornerbacks out there on an island for five and six seconds. The the opposing quarterback is going to pick you apart. So a big, big key to the success of the Colts is when they get pressure on the quarterback, usually you're looking at a good day for the defense.
3: I mean, if, if they watched the tape from Thursday Night Football with the Patriots and Steelers, you would see that Bill Belichick, I mean, he is a defensive mastermind. I can't stand the guy, but he is a really good football coach. He was rushing three and blitzing like two, a safety and a corner off the edge really confused the hell out of the Steelers. So when you say they don't blitz a lot, I'm like, well, they might want to think about that because Mitch Trubisky was befuddled by that more than one occasion. They had free runners at the quarterback a lot because when you had, you basically had two free rushers with only the running back. You have to pick one; the other one's going to disrupt the play. So maybe they would uh, think about mixing that up. But Drake, I want to throw it to you. What is what's the weakness of the defense? Well, what's the area that they really struggle to handle opposing offenses?
2: So you know, I, I it might be easy to go this route, but it's also true. I think that their their secondary, I said Kenny Moore, the second. I, I still think that while they've played admirably, uh, they came into this season as one of the one of the weaker. Uh, rooms in the NFL, and I just think that they still have a lot of room to grow. So, I, I do think that they are an exploitable uh, secondary, but they're also in some ways coming into their own, you know, seventh rounder like Jalen Jones. He's he's essentially out there covering guys like DeAndre Hopkins, guys like you know, uh, uh Jamar Chase. I mean, he's he's a seventh rounder and, and he's playing smothering type of coverage, so there's there's upside, but it's it's yeah. definitely the secondary. But I also have to say, recently it's been tackling, uh, the, the Colts have. The Colts, especially against the Bengals, I even said it. Joe Mixon looked like 2020 Derrick Henry at times. I'm not saying the man can't run the football, but, I mean, there were times where they were just whiffing tackles. So that has to change because there's anybody in the NFL uh, that can make you miss, you know, a couple tackles and they can just take it to the house, especially a guy like Deontay Johnson or if you're missing tackles on Najee Harris. He's huge. So he's yeah. going to wear you down throughout the game. So got to shore up that tackling.
3: Really interesting stuff. Now, this is the part of the segment where I like to go and talk about the line and the total and get your thoughts on how the game's going to go. Look, you know, I've had some people say, I'm not going to do a score prediction, but I'm going to tell you how I think the game's going to play out. I'm fine either way. You want to give me a number? Great. You don't? That's fine, too. The current line that I have, this is via DraftKings, is the Steelers are getting a point and a half on the road in this game with a total of a whopping 42.5, which is skyrocketing from the 30 total that was on Thursday Night Football against the New England Patriots and Steelers. But Andrew, throw to you first. How do you see this game playing out between these two AFC opponents?
1: I think it's going to be a a game of... It's gonna be. It almost seems like whoever turns the ball over the the least amount's gonna win. Turnovers are gonna be <laughs> the key because, like yeah. I said, Gardner Minshew has had his fumbling issues. He's t- he's had through more interceptions than than is normal. And and I think when you when you get Mitch Trubisky in some of situations where he feels like he's in trouble, you're he's he's prone to turn the ball over as well. So, yeah. which which one of these backup quarterbacks is the lesser of two evils? You know, and you and both defenses I feel like are very opportunistic. You know, if you're gonna put the ball in harm's way. Usually, these defenses are going to take advantage. I also think it's going to be crucial health wise to see who's who's back. T.J. Watt to practice in full today. It looks, uh, and this is Wednesday, so it looks like T.J. Watt might be available. Who knows about Alex Highsmith? Meanwhile, the Colts' starting right tackle in Braden Smith did not practice for the second day in a row this week, and it doesn't look like he's going to be going moving. Blake Freeland, the rookie right tackle out of BYU to the starting right tackle position. So uh, it's going to be crucial, but uh, I, I like the Steelers are getting a point and a half. Uh, I think I've I've just, I think the streak breaks for some, this has been a very weird season. Uh, it's, it's got, and who knows, leave it up to Gardner Minshew. We've had Andrew Luck over the years, couldn't get over yeah. the hump. Phillip Rivers, uh, Anthony Richardson doesn't have that opportunity. Leave it to Gardner Minshew to, to break this streak and, and, and beat the Steelers. I, I do think it it's going to be a lower scoring game. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna hit, but I am gonna hit the over. Over uh, you said lines 42. I'm gonna go yeah. Colts, Colts 24, Steelers 20. Uh, I think it's going to be a close game throughout. And again, it very well could come down to within those last two to three minutes, which quarterback turns it over.
3: Wow, like the Steelers scoring 20 is an exciting day for us Steelers fans. Like, this is <laughs> remarkable. They're averaging 15 points a game. I mean, that's uh, saying something. Hey, by the way, right before we went live uh t j. Watt was cleared by an independent neurologist. He is out of the concussion protocol, so he will be in the lineup. but Alex Highsmith is now the question mark, so we'll see about that. You mm-hmm. brought that up. I want to add that in there. Drake, same question for you, man. How do you see this thing going? You know uh man, this is a really tough one because both both
2: teams have backup quarterbacks. I think that both teams have glaring weaknesses on offense uh, at different areas and limitations now um at the end of the day though. Uh, first off, now that TJ Watt is going to be playing, I think that especially I think Bernard ryman is going to have a, a, a return to form type game. He really struggled against Chase Hutchinson, uh, Trey Hendrickson, or Trey Hendrickson. My bad um last week, but I, I really do think at the end of the day TJ Watt is going to disrupt things. I think that the over, I, I I'm right there with Andrew. I do think the Colts get this, but I'm going to go even closer. I think that it's going to be 23 to 21, and the closing seconds are like. Really close to the end of the game, and it's going to be on Matt Gay's leg to
3: wow to,
2: to win the game, and I think he's going to do it because he also, like the rest of the team, just couldn't do anything last week. Missed a field goal, missed an extra po- or missed an extra point too. So, uh, but at the end of the day, I'm right there with Andrew also on whoever turns the ball over the least, I think uh, is is probably going to prevail. And both these quarterbacks don't exactly do well with pressure, um, so. It'll be interesting because guys like – I mean, it's Minka Fitzpatrick. There's there's yeah. uh, Joey uh, – uh, is it Joey Porter? Yeah, Joey po- yeah. Porter Jr. Uh, you know, and then, of course, T.J. Watt. Guys like that, man. Anything can happen <laughs> if you get pressure on Gardner Minshew with playmakers like that.
3: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, we don't really talk this game up. I think it's going to be an entertaining game. I think this is a yeah. game. It's going to be a national television. I, th- I think that this will be – you have two seven, and 7-6 teams that are really – their their playoff hopes and aspirations are hanging on this one. And so I think there's that added – playoff atmosphere i think indy will be bumping that they'll have lucas oil just really loud i don't know if they're gonna be pumping in music like they used to when tony <laughs> dungy was there but still we we'll won't <laughs> go down that road but no gentlemen thank you very much for uh, joining me i want to give you a chance to plug both your social media and what you're doing with the horseshoe huddle andrew we'll start with you
1: yeah, you can follow me on X at Andrew Moore NFL. And then of course, uh, if you want to hear more Colts, Drake and I every Monday and Thursday night live on the Horseshoe Huddle YouTube channel. Uh, and then we also uh, have, of course, courtesy of Fans First Sports Network uh, are on Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts. We have weekly audio podcasts on there as well. So make sure you check it out. Plus our written work uh, for Fan Nation on SI.com at HorseshoeHuddle.com.
3: Perfect. Drake, go ahead and you plug your stuff, too.
2: Yeah, pretty much everything Andrew said. Only um, I'm on I'm on X at uh, D. Walster Drake, and uh, like Andrew said, go to Colts on FN on Twitter and uh, the Horseshoe Huddle uh, on Fan Nation. Um, there's a lot of stuff happening, even though this team has a backup quarterback and a first year head coach. Boy, they've uh, you know been able to squeak out some wins where they mattered, and they're right there in playoff contention. So come check our workout. There's a lot to talk about.
3: Check out that podcast platform, Steeler fans, whether you want to hear them boasting or maybe crying after the game on Saturday. We'll see either way, (laughs) but nonetheless, check them out. Gentlemen, thank you very much for taking the time. I do appreciate it. Have a good one. Enjoy the game.